The din is, as the Aftarah from a parsha, Muzayme in a parsha, that Allah is that a, the Aftarah of a parsha is meant to be of the same subject matter of the parsha itself. And even more, that Me'ain from the Mesiyam a parsha, that it should be similar of the same subject matter as the end of that parsha. And in the same, in this sense, the connection between Parsha Bolok and Aftaira of Bolok seems to be very uh, clear. In the uh, because in the Aftaira because the Aftaira relates how Hashem says to the Eden, Ami my nation, remember what uh, the king of Bolok, uh, Bolok, the king of Mayav, schemed against you. And what the Bilam responded to that. In other words, referring to what is written in our parasha. That is, of course, what is in our parasha. But of course, we understand especially in light of what is known as Mi'ikara, is the Aftarik Yikumen, but Mokim for the Gan Sekriyas, Shabbos, Shabbos, Yemen That originally the Aftarik was established. To repl- because when the uh, when the uh, local government, the government at the time, did not allow the reading from the Seder Torah, so they began to read from the prophets, from the Vim, the Torah, and that was meant to be instead of the reading of the Parsha itself. So therefore, according to this, as the Shaykh's tradition, the Torah the said, there is nish blois from the ancient pasuk. So therefore, the connection between the Torah and the Seder can't be just. Because one pasuk refers to something that is in the Aftar, in the parsha, not in Teichen Kloli, but rather the entire the entire Aftarah is meant to be in accordance or to represent what was written in the parsha, and that's why that was read instead of the parsha. And according to what are the uh, the rule that at whatever is written at the beginning encapsulates what is uh, what the rest of the subject of that parsha is going to be or of that uh, whatever the reading is so in other words that at the beginning you can already see what the entire thing is going to be is fashtandig so from this we understand that there must be a connection between the beginning of this week's aftayra which is amim rabim and that the remainder of the, uh, the, the of the nation of Yaakov, who will be amongst the many nations, that they will not look, they will not have to hope, put their hope in a man and a person, and they will not have to uh, put their dreams or their their hopes and dreams in people. That's the pasuk at the beginning of the this week's Avtaira. Mitziyim Parsha Bolok. So, what is the connection between? There must be a connection between the beginning of Daftar and the end of Parsha Bolok, and we have to understand what that is. What he's saying is that there must be a connection between the entire um, something in the entire Haftar which represents the Parsha, and since everything from the entire Haftar can be found at the beginning of Daftar according to the rule that the beginning sets the tone for the rest of the Haftarah. So therefore, the beginning of the Haftarah must be related to 
what is at the end of the Parsha Bolok, because Daftaira is meant to be relate to the end of Parsha Bolok, based on what he just, uh, how he unfolded this series of rules, which leads to that conclusion. This Haftar is talking about the time which is at the beginning of the time of the Geula. In other words, not talking about the time when Mashiach will already be established without question that this is Mashiach and we are in the middle of the period of Mashiach. After the Mashiach will have already concluded all of the wars with the with the nations around, on Epechalamim Elav the Shechamechad, and by which time the all the nations will have already been come around, and they will all serve Hashem. That will be at when we are already in the in the middle of the time of Mashiach. That this Haftar is talking about at the beginning of that time, before that happens, when it's just starting to unfold. Because the Avtaira talks about how there will be uh, uh, wars conducted with the nations around Umasa'ilam, with the other nations of the world, and that the, the Jewish people will still be spread amongst the Goyim, like a, a, a lion amongst the animals of the, of the forest, and that he will. In the wars, they will trample and they will uh, and they will kill. Meaning to say that the Jews will win the wars. So, in other words, it's still talking in the middle of the wars. Not only will there still be um, issues, difficulties, evil things to deal with from the outside of the community, from Nomasayilam having to push back against the uh, attacks from the other nations, nor says, that there will still be issues to deal with from within the Jewish community, by Yidin Gufa, by the Jews themselves. V'yazat, as the Pasuk continues, that Hashem says He will have to um, <coughs> get rid of the uh, sorcerers amongst you, He will have to get rid of the idols that they will have, the Natashti, Asherecha, it will have to destroy the uh, the trees that were worshipped. When the rise mitatayke mitazat tayke, and that the evil is still so entrenched as midaf onkumensu asiyum umayla, that they, it's not enough that the Jews will be able to get rid of it on their own. They will have to have assistance from above, from Hashem Himself, to get rid of it. in order to get rid of this evil. Vide pasuk is medayik, as the pasuk says, vichrati. I will cut away I will have to destroy meaning Hashem will have to take care of it so there is still a lot of issues going on this is not yet the time of Mashiach the glorious time of Mashiach because the Aftar is still talking about the beginning of the time when Geula is beginning when they, they will, we will still be in a mode of getting ready preparing Laying the groundwork for the goal. So also is the Seder Pasha Bolak is also in a similar way. That Vegnan Enlichensman talks about a similar time. Before the Yidden were entered at Yisrael for the first time. 
Kiden Sein Demol Shengivem Arvis Moyim Eveli Arn Yerecha. They were already at that time camped in Arvis Moyav, out uh, on the other side of the Jordan River, just about to enter into Israel. They just have to cross over the Jordan River and they're in Israel. Great Tarangin in Israel. They're ready to enter Israel. Bedugmet to the Knisel Israel by the Gulasida, similar to what is described in Daftaira that we're ready to go into Yisrael as it's um, in the future redemption as the Aftarah describes and especially uh, based on what is known as that if not for the sins that the Jews committed in the desert at that time when they were about to enter into Yisrael had they not sinned that would have been already the complete redemption they would never would have been banished from Yisrael after that so in other words it's, it, it, it brings out even more the similarity between what is described in Pasha Bullock and what is described in the Aftar of Pasha Bullock Gimel the is the preparation for the Gula is it begins at the end of Ish that we will not have to put our hopes to, into man that they will help us the same uh, explain, basically expressing the same idea that we don't, don't, have to, don't have to look forward to the help from people even though we're st- talking still before the Geulah still already then will be the time the, the things will already have evolved to the point that we will not have to rely on people which means that of course that we won't have to rely on the other nations but even that one Jew will not have to rely on another Jew everybody will have independence and be able to have everything that they need on their own as the Pesach says cursed is the person that, ha- that relies on people and since we know the, term, the usage of the term Adam to describe people, we know that that refers to the to Yidden Atem Kriyum Adam. You are called Adam because Adam describes the highest level of humankind, and that refers to the Yidden. So, in other words, we don't rely on Adam means we don't even have to rely on other Yidden. Nor we will be able to rely only on Hashem. as the pasuk says, Baruch Hashem. Blessed is the person that puts his trust and faith in Hashem, and his reliance in Hashem. We bowed as the pasuk read in the Mizmam from Nascholos Gula, and since the pasuk is talking at the beginning time of Gula, is moving as midem vasazokli kavli ish vegaimer. So it's understood that when the pasuk says we will not put our hopes in man, is the pasuk shail nishnor hanhaga asura. The pasuk is talking not only about the kind of behavior, the kind of uh, trust we put in man, which is prohibited for us to do. Something which goes against what the Torah says. About which the Torah says, cursed is the person that puts his trust in man. So certainly that's not what he's talking about. Telling us that that's the great blessing, that we will not have to put our trust in, a, in man the way the Torah says you're not allowed to do, of course. That goes without saying. That's not what the blessing of Gaula brings. But even that we will not have to put our trust, uh, our, our faith in man. 
Poshat an Artopitaira, the kind which the Taira does permit. There are such things where you have to sometimes um, you have to sometimes uh, receive from other people, and the Torah permits it. But then, because we're talking already about the beginning of Gula, of Gula, so that will not happen anymore either. We will be relieved from that. We won't have to come on to other people, even in a way that the Torah would have permitted. What is that? The Pasuk does say, Hashem will give you a blessing in everything that you do. The emphasis on everything that you do. On the Sifri Taicht, the Sifri explains it as follows. So then I would think, it says in the Pasuk, Hashem will bless you in everything that you do. So the Sifri says that what the Pasuk is saying is, I would think that because Hashem promises His blessing, you can just sit back and do nothing. Talmud Loimar, so the Pasuk says, no, and everything that you do, you have to do. Which means the Torah expects you and requires that we should make a keli, some, some channel through which the blessing of Hashem should be able to flow. And that has to be in, the natural, in a natural channel. And we know the rule that you don't rely on miracles. And since naturally one per, you know if you want to have pranasi you have to have a job in somebody's uh, business or if you're running a business you need customers so you always need people in order to be able to have your pranasi naturally sometimes you even need non-Jewish customers or a non-Jewish uh, employer so therefore according to Taira who requires that we have a job so the Torah does allow that a person does put his, uh, his faith in man, meaning to say, you know that he's the one that pays the paycheck, or they're the ones that supply, they, they fund your business. So you do have to come on to those people. So the Torah does permit that, requires it in fact. However, and this does not in any way contradict that which the Pasuk says, Cursed is the man that puts his, his trust in man. So that seems to contradict what the Torah says. You do have to have uh, uh, customers and so on that you need to rely on. But why is it not a contradiction? When you make a natural channel for Parnosa, it doesn't mean that you put your trust into that natural channel. In other words, you're putting your trust in the natural channel that you created. That they are the ones that are going to supply your parnasa. In other words, the customers are the ones that make available your parnasa. That's not how a Jew believes. Nor of the In truth, we make a channel, but we trust in Hashem. We put our trust in Hashem that He will make us successful through that channel. As ervet em helfen durdem kli that it's Hashem that will help us through the channel that we create, those channels that I created naturally, I don't believe that they will supply Parnassah, I believe that Hashem will provide Parnassah through that channel. So that's what if a person puts his faith in the business that he's conducting, or in, the, in his employer, that he's the one that provides Parnassah, that man is, uh, this says, 
but that doesn't in any way contradict that you need to create a channel but you need to know that it's Hashem that's causing the flow through that channel of Parnassah and this is what he now says about what's going to happen at the time of Geulah at that time it'll be like dew that comes directly from Hashem the dew doesn't come through any person and that nobody asks you don't pray for dew is because the dew comes on its own rain you have to pray for but dew is something that comes naturally it never stops so also a person knows that the parnasa will come directly from Hashem it doesn't even have to come through any other person. It's something that comes directly from Hashem. Now, it comes through different channels. But then, it will come directly from Hashem. This is similar to how Chesidus explains the Pasuk. It's better to put your trust in Hashem than to trust in man. From the way the Pasuk says it, it's better to put your trust in Hashem than to trust in man. Is moving. From this we understand from this we understand it says it's better to put your trust in Hashem than put trust in man. But that means that there is some there is something to be said about putting your trust in man too. In other words, there is sometimes a time when that is when that can be done. Nor lachzus Hashem is better, but to put your trust in Hashem is better. So how does Chassidus explain it? As b'tayach ba'adam meant in dem adam elyon, that b'tayach ba'adam put your trust in man means not in humans, but in adam elyon in the man from above, which means bechinus me It means the spiritual man. Meaning the 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 man, the air of godliness, which is invested into the world, which works within the context of the world. So when talking about memalukulamen, which means the way Hashem is integrated into the world and functions through the natural means. A person does have to create a channel through which the Parnassus should come. And that's what he means. Putting your trust in Adam Elyon, which means the way Mamala functions in the world, that you have to put, uh, make a, uh, a keli, a natural keli. In Velcha Zosheret and the Berch Hashem, in which the blessing of Hashem should dwell. Und der Riber is Hashem. And therefore, what he's saying is, it's better to put your trust in Hashem, which means directly in Avaya, which represents Seviv Kolalmin. That from the level of Seviv Kolalmin, that is a place from which miracles come. That is, doesn't work through the natural process. So to put your trust in that, uh, that it comes directly from Avaya, from Seviv Kolalmin, which means that Hashem Himself will, from Havaya, Havaya will uh, nourish you. That's where the blessing will come from. Which means, Yechalkalecha means, who Hashem Himself creates the Keli as well. 
the way we do it, the way it's done in the world, meaning in the, in Mamalukal Almin, which most people do, is that they, they create the channel, Hashem provides the blessing. But means Hashem will provide the, the channel as well. You don't need any more that, that you should create the channel. Hashem Himself will create the channel too. Which is similar to the idea, like Tal, where you don't have to create a channel, it, all, it comes automatically. So that's the difference. How much do, does a person need to be involved in the channel, or does it come from beyond without having to create a channel as well? And at the time, at the beginning of the Geula, that's when the Haftarah says, you will not have to put your trust in man, meaning even the channel will be created by Hashem Himself. But the ultimate purpose of creation is not that we should do away with the natural process. But rather to refine and to elevate even the natural process. That we should, it should be obvious to everyone. We elevate nature to the point that it becomes obvious that it's Hashem that's controlling nature too. That's what we're trying to do. We don't want to do away with nature. We want it to be clear that Hashem is the one that runs nature as well. And therefore, in regards to our issue, as that when we say that we will not have to come on to people, is nicht as a vet bottle when the hill from them ish. That doesn't mean that nobody will be involved in my affairs but what it means is that nature will be so completely bound up with godliness so that it will be so bound up with godliness that when you get your parnasa or help from, through nature it will be obvious that this is coming from Hashem it's not from nature nature is Hashem that is just an arm of Hashem so you, it'll be seen that it's coming directly from Hashem in the when we talk about Ashetasa, what he said before from the Pasuk that you have to do, you have to do something as well, you can't just sit back there are two ways in which one can be involved in doing number one even though that he knows that nature itself has no real control it doesn't really represent anything it's just like a hammer in the hand of the carpenter the hammer, there's no reason to pay any attention to the hammer at all it's the carpenter that does everything nobody would thank the hammer for building a beautiful uh, you know, cabinet so the same with nature. Nature is just a tool in the hands of Hashem. But still, because Hashem said that there should be, you should work within nature, you should make a channel through the natural mean, the process. So therefore, Hashem Himself made the nature important. He told us to do it through nature. So therefore, nature becomes important too the natural process becomes important to us true it's not that nature has any control of everything 
Aber mit Zad Zivi Al-Kadosh Baruch Hu bekommt Tevach Shivus in seine Eigen. But because Hashem said that this is how you should do it, so therefore that becomes important on in itself. Hashem said to use it, so it becomes important. That's one way. Another way is, He does the natural process, He does things in the natural process only because Hashem said, This is what I want you to do. As But it has no importance to Him at all. Doing it this way, doing it that way, it's all the same. Hashem said to do something, so I do something. And I'm not going to sit there and worry and think and plan and scheme and so on. Because all he sees his job as being is not that I have to do and think and plan and figure out how to make more money. I do my job only because Hashem said that this is what I need you to do. So I do it. Hashem is the one that sends the blessing, but I put no importance at all into the natural things that I do in order to create Parnasa. I just do it because that's how Hashem wants to send His blessing. So I do it because Hashem said so. Does it have any importance to me? Absolutely no importance. Only that Hashem said to do it, so I do it. Because thus is the beer, that this is how we explain in the Maimam Razal what our sages tell us in Pasuk. They say on the Pasuk, They quote a Pasuk which has six words, and each one of those words, the Gemara says, relates to another Seder of Mishnayis. So the, the first word in the Pasuk is Amunas. Um, so the Gemara says, As Amunas zes Seder Zroim. Amunas relates to Seder Zroim. She talks about agriculture. Shema, so how does it relate to? Because Shemaim What's the connection between Amuna and Zroyim? So he said, the Gemara says, because he puts his faith in Hashem and he plants. In other words, because, only because he believes in Hashem does he plant. So the question is, Chodz does is an Indian TV, although it's a natural thing, as Bishas Men is Matzmiach, that when you plant a seed, it's going to grow. And it doesn't matter who plants it. Is it a yid that has faith in Hashem or not? It'll, it'll grow. The, uh, nature shows that. See, It doesn't matter if it's a Jew planting it or a non-Jew planting it. Or even if a, a seed just falls in to the ground because the, the wind blew it and it came here and planted itself in the ground. It'll also grow. Nobody planted it. Yet it'll grow. It's not through a person at all. Is beteva from the Erlatzmiach because it's the nature of the ground that when a seed germinates, it'll plant, it'll grow. And even more, the teva is nikkigivaren in the erd in that this nature was implanted into the earth by who? By Hashem Himself. And as it says in the Pazig, the Yishtet Zerevakotzir, after the flood, after the marble, it says that it will, the, you know, the spring and so on, the seasons and the, the planting season and the reaping season, it will never stop, it will go on. And uh, so in other words, Hashem said that this is the nature they implanted into the world that should never stop. So what does it mean that he, he puts his faith in Hashem and plants? Anyone can plant. Even somebody that doesn't believe in Hashem. From Dezvegen, Nochdem Alamen, still, after all of this is known, that it's natural, 
and that Hashem implanted that into the nature. The natural element of it, of it doesn't play an important role in a Jew's idea of why he's doing what he does, why he plants. And when he plants it, he doesn't plant because it's natural that it should grow. Nor blows, he only does it because violet is It's only because he believes in Hashem, and he believes that Hashem wants him to plant in order to be able to reap. So therefore, he does the work of planting. But it's Hashem who will send him the blessing. That's where he has his hopes and dreams set on. Not that the nature, the professor said that if you do this, that'll happen. That's not why he plants. And that's, of course, specific to a yid. So in other words, that the, by a yid, what is expected is the second type of ashatasa. That when we do things, we do it only because Hashem instructed us to do it, but not that we put any importance on the things that we do. The only thing that's important is the one that is sending the blessing. And uh, let's say as a mushal, when somebody uh, receives, when you go to the bank and you, the teller gives you money from your account, the teller is not in any way instrumental in providing parnasa for you. It's where the money came from that's instrumental. The teller has no role in it at all. So also the nature of the planting and so on, we see it as having no role at all. Hashem decided that this is how much I should have, that's how much I will have. The boss has no role in it, the customers have no role in it, they're just like tellers, they pass the money through. The Eivishter is the only one, the source of everything, and therefore that's the only place to put your hopes and dreams in, and your faith in, and that's where it comes from. And there is no importance to be put on the entire natural process. Hey, the chiluk tzishin ditzvei oven the month oven gereta and hages. The difference between these two types of uh, approaches to b'chol hashatas is nish blois ba'efin the beherigish mitzvah habetochen is not only in the way that you experience your faith. Who do you put your faith in? That's not the only difference. Nor the fun vet but the kind of faith that you have, trust that you have, also evolves into how you will behave, how you will talk, how you will think, what you will do. Because when the natural process becomes important of its own. Or the natural process becomes important. So then there is the tasa, there is the things that you need to do in the natural, in creating a natural path, channel for your parnasa, and then is your Torah mitzvahs, and those are two different worlds. There is your Torah mitzvahs, and then there is the things you have to do in order to bring about parnasa. And when there is a conflict, between your Torah and mitzvahs and what you need to do to create Parnasa, the natural process that you have to create. Or the dogma, as an example, what are they, where would there be a conflict? If you will take your time and daven at a, at a slow pace, at a pace that uh, one should daven at. You might lose the opportunity to meet with a, a contact 
or with someone, a customer that you were, were hoping to meet, and because you delayed in your davening, you missed that opportunity. If he will give, he'll give, be mahader in stalker, give greater amounts to stalker. So then he won't have enough money to invest, to reinvest, to create new income. So those are two ways in which Torah and Mitzvah could conflict with the natural process of your business. So then it becomes a struggle. Should I put more? Should I daven longer? Should I rush to the business? Should I put, give more tzedakah? Should I save some uh, more for investment? And it's a struggle. I feel when it is of the in the dark And even if in the end he makes the right decision and he decides that he will delay and daven a little longer and he will give more tzedakah, so he makes the right decision in the end. Because he knows and recognizes. That it's Hashem's blessing that brings the wealth. And that all the natural process is only the channel through which Hashem sends His blessing. But it's the blessing that you need. And therefore He knows that the Torah Mitzvah is what creates the blessing of Hashem. And therefore He puts the emphasis on the, on the Torah Mitzvah. But it still it takes a struggle. And he has to think about it. And he has to make the decision to do the right thing. Because the Nevesh Bahamas is going to make a good case for not doing it the right way. And the struggle will exist. And then he will make the right decision. And then... The, it still remains that the next time, who knows if you'll make the right decision... Next time the Nevi'ah Bahamas could uh, be, you know, overpower you. You go the wrong, the other way, God forbid. As the Tzadam will give who you don't know what will happen the next time. There's always the possibility, it's always a struggle. But when the Tasa becomes to him meaningless... The, the natural process becomes meaningless. He only does it because Hashem said, this is what I need you to do. So therefore, to him, the natural process is no different than any other mitzvah. He does it only because it's a mitzvah. Hashem said to do it. He conducts his whole life that everything that he does is L'Shem Shemayim. In every way in his life, he knows Hashem. So Masecha and L'Shem Shemayim are all one and the same. He does it only because it's L'Shem Shemayim. And everything that he does in his life is only in order to know Hashem, only to become more closer and connected to Hashem. So by him, the Bechol Drachecha and the Ehu are not two separate worlds. They're all one and the same. The only reason that he does natural things in order to create Parnassah is because this is Hashem's instruction. That's, so therefore his Parnassah is only another way of carrying out Hashem's, uh, Hashem's wishes. And since to him there is nothing other than what does Hashem want, 
and the way he conducts his panasa is also only because this is the way Hashem wants it to be done. Is fashtanik as ein mitzvah kenish zayim besteret mitzvahs. Obviously, one mitzvah cannot in any way conflict with another mitzvah. They're both mitzvahs of Hashem. Nor adar abe mitzvah gereres mitzvah, but to the contrary. One mitzvah can only bring you to another mitzvah. So it, just to translate it, I guess, the way what he means is, if you're in the, you're davening, and you're thinking to rush to another customer, somebody that knows that the only reason that customers exist is because Hashem said that customers should exist. So how could that conflict, how could he push away davening, rush his davening in order to get to a customer? The customer is only because Hashem said to meet a customer. So I'm going to go, you know, pass up this mitzvah in order to do that mitzvah? Makes no sense at all. This mitzvah of davening uh, slowly can only bring you to another mitzvah, which in my case happens to be a customer right now. That's my next mitzvah that I'm going to. So therefore, there can never exist a, con- a conflict between the two. Vav. The chilek tzishin detzvei an hages heitzich nisht on in an often and poil mamish. And we have to understand that this, the, tw- the two different ways in which we approach parnosa doesn't start in a very obvious way. When a person puts a lot of emphasis on his business and it becomes self-important and a, an importance of its own, it doesn't start that coarsely, grossly. As the Yetzirah should come and say, you should skip the end of davening because you need to meet another customer. It will never start that way. The Yetzirah knows that he's not going to be successful that way. Nor for side, it starts in a very like the hair, a hair's breadth. It starts in a very very subtle way. Hayoyim ba'atcholis the etzara claimish maskimas deisaskas nagetad etonizayim b'stiritzkimatayir mitzis. Today, meaning at the beginning, the etzara is fully uh, agrees. Of course, parnasa cannot in any way conflict with your Torah mitzvahs. God forbid. How does he start? He says, of course it can't be conflicting with Torah Mitzvahs. Torah Mitzvahs itself tells you that you have to do it in a natural way, but not in any way against Torah Mitzvahs, but he does put the emphasis on the fact that it's because Torah says that you should do it and that there has to be a natural process so therefore he introduces the idea that there has to be a natural process. So he introduces himself in that way. There is, the Torah says that it should be a natural process. So don't rush your davening. But you have to have, you know, you have to get to the natural process too. But eventually, but then eventually what he does is, the Dark Yatav, since he's introduced it already as something that the Torah says is important, so then it becomes, he makes it more, each step is, it becomes more important and more important and more important until it supersedes the importance of the Torah Mitzvah at all, altogether. And the danger started the moment that he said that, he, that you allowed him to say that there is a Torah, requi- Torah requirement for Darkei Not that Darkei is just another mitzvah. There is a, dar- a Torah requirement that Darkei needs to be recognized.
As a free Rebbe explains in the Maimah Chazal, where our sages tell us, This is the craft of the Yetzahara. Today he tells you, do so and so. So the Friedrich Rebbe said that. What does that mean? The Yetzahara would never come because he's crafty. So he knows that he can never come and try to convince you to do something that goes against your own will, your own true will, what your neshama wants and so on. That is who, what you really want, and he's never going to start with trying to convince you to do something other than what you want to do. Uh, and to violate the uh, mitzvah, something that Eivishto wants. To the country, it goes the other way. He says to him, do so. What does do so mean? Do it the way you want to do it. Do it the way you think it should be done. It is maskimad as that eats or makayins and Torah mitzvah. He agrees that he should do Torah mitzvahs. On the mazbiz is a mazbir v'yis haltoiz l'pitzeichol v'nevashu ba'amiz v'yetzer. And he says, of course, he should do Torah mitzvahs. This is even logical that even the nevashu ba'amiz agrees that a person has to do Torah mitzvahs. Even seichol, even if he's seichol, you should do it this way. On dor dem v'asemishtarayin zaymetzias. In so by saying you should do it because this makes sense even according to Nevesh Muhammad, even al Piseichel it makes sense so now he's introduced himself into the mix now he becomes the one that dictates when and what and how it should be done suddenly he's the one that's explaining how Torah Mitzvah should be done and the and the person becomes accustomed to seeing everything from that perspective. Does it make sense or doesn't it make sense? Well, in the beginning it all makes sense. The Yitzhahara makes it make sense. But now he is the one that's dictating what should be done. And does it make sense or not? And so the Yitzhahara now has an in. And he's the one that's telling you what should be done and what not. Of course, eventually... He will explain to you how this doesn't make sense until eventually he convinces you that Avedazara makes sense. And therefore, the way that you can prevent yourself, you can protect yourself from this craftiness of the Yetzirah, the way to get around it is not that you. Uh, plan it and do it all pitamadas and do it what see what makes the most sense and so on. That's not going to to protect you from the Yitzhara because that's how he gets into your system to begin with. Because if it makes sense or not, that is only looking at it from the natural approach. So what is the right way? The way that you have to approach it is that you have to completely put yourself aside and everything, and it has to be Mesiris Nefesh, that only this way is correct. It doesn't matter what makes sense to me or not. That's not what becomes important, does it make sense to me. I have a firm grasp on what the Eivishter wants and that's what I do. And it doesn't have to make sense at all. And I go at it beyond what is reasonable to me, what seems reasonable to me. 
Because then, the only thing that is dictating is what does Hashem want? What I think is right, or what the Eitzahara thinks is right, or what nature dictates is right, makes matters not at all. The only thing that is guiding me is what is Ratzon Elyon. And I'm dedicated to that, to the last drop of blood. That's what I am dedicated to. And therefore, nothing can get in the way of that. Similar to what we said before, that the difference between putting your trust in Hashem, meaning in that which transcends nature, or putting your trust in Adam, which means the way things run in, within nature. From the perspective of putting your faith in the way nature runs, that the equivalent in the way, what does it mean in our life, functioning based on, on logic? So if you're going from that perspective, so then you have to put effort into the natural process, and your efforts have to be invested in that, because everything go, works through the natural process. It's all tambadas. It has to be logical and make sense. But when you talk about putting your trust directly in Hashem, as I said before, that is, what does that mean in our life? That our uh, approach to how to serve Hashem is not based on what is, makes sense to us, but we've set ourselves at our side and we become transparent. And we work, it doesn't have to make sense to us. We only take our directions from what does Hashem say that He needs us to do. So therefore, the whole natural process makes no difference to us anymore. When the river is the Seide, and therefore, what happens is that Hashem is the one that provides the keli as well. He provides the means through which it should happen. In other words, that there are kalim, there has to be channels. But those kalim, those channels are also created by Hashem from above. As we said before, that even when a person works within nature, I'm doing it only because that's what Hashem said to do, but it's not that I put any importance on to it. And therefore, when you approach it that way, you can't say anymore that He depended on the help of man. In other words, on the natural process. Because he put no importance in it at all. He, he sees that as being the way that Hashem creates the channels for him to be able to have parnasah. Because the natural process is also one with Hashem. I do it only because Hashem said to do it. But I put no importance on it. And the Eivishter has better ways of creating channels, as many people can attest to, that all the plans that they made fell through and some side thing which he didn't expect at all is what brought the blessing. So that's Hashem creating the channel as well. So to some people it happens by accident because they had all kinds of plans and those fell through. But some people 
that put their trust in Hashem to begin with in that way. So all of their parnasa happens in that way. Sometimes they can recognize it, sometimes not, but that is how it happens. And that's why the preparation for Geula is that he doesn't put his faith in any man. At that time, as the Achonel Geula, we will completely remove the Mahelam Behestaf from Teva. The concealment that, uh, that nature presents will be removed. That we will be able to see and experience Viteva that nature is in itself an extension of godliness, a tool in the hand of Hashem. And therefore, then it'll be like dew that comes directly from Hashem and it doesn't need any involvement of anyone else. We will not put any hope in man. We put no faith in, in people. Similar to what we said before, that Hashem is the one that creates the channel as well. Zion. So based on all of this, now we'll understand the connection between our Avtair and the end of Pasha Bolog, where the Torah relates at the end of Pasha Bolog, it tells us about the sin that the Jewish people committed with Baal Pa'ir through the daughters of Midian, and how it was through the Messiris Nefesh of Pinchas, that kind of Aveda, Messiris Nefesh that he had, which was able to fix and repair the sin that happened. And as the Pasuk says, that he brought atonement for the Jewish people, Pinchas ben Elazar, he was the one that brought the atonement. As his Mavur in Chesidus, Chesidus explains as the Shredesh Vechet Baal Pa'er, it was, it started with the, uh, with the daughters of Midian, but the ultimate purpose was to get the Jewish people to worship Baal Pa'er. Because when a person is in the throes of passion, that's when they presented the, uh, the idol, and they said, bow down if you want to continue. So it was ultimately about Baal Pa'er. So Chesidus explains what this source, what is Baal Pa'er? How does a person do something like that? That the way that they worshipped it was by relieving themselves in front of the idol. What kind of a worship of an idol is that? So Chesidus explains, is those was men git shivas to tanugim gashmim. What that means is, in a ruchniistic sense, what that means is a person puts puts importance on, becomes engrossed and involved in physical pleasures. Because the physical pleasures are only garbage, the um, the waste of the tainik shulamayla of the true joy and enjoyment and pleasure which comes from spiritual things. So all the uh, physical pleasures are like the waste and therefore the, the expression of the expressing their waste in front of the idol was you know, it, it's representative of being involved in, in physical pleasures which are the waste in other words becoming worshipping uh, physical pleasures that's what Baal Pa'i represents how does a person come to make, put such importance on what's a waste? In, in other words, or otherwise known as physical pleasures. 
It all originates, it starts from putting importance on the natural process, on what happens in the world. That step by step, a person becomes completely engrossed and enveloped and puts a lot of importance on what is happening in, this, in the physical realm. And therefore, enjoying the physical realm becomes a way of life, it becomes a focus of life. This explains also what our sage says in regards to the atonement for how the Yidin achieved atonement for that sin. That Pinchas Elio, he did. He, it's not just that he did it then. He's still there, and he's still making sure to atone, to bring atonement for the, the sin of Baal and he, st- he continuously brings kapara until the resurrection of the dead. Because the true, the ultimate atonement for this sin will only be when, uh, when Mashiach comes. When we will have ultimately, finally have elevated and refined the natural process. And we will finally realize and recognize that the whole nature has nothing other than the fact that it is an extension of godliness and is really one with Hashem. And therefore then there will no longer be any possibility to put any importance on the physical. It will only be on the spiritual, the godly that would, that's within it. And therefore finally we will have defeated Baal Pa'ir what it leads to being engrossed in physical pleasure. And therefore, the only way that you can actually get atonement for that is only from that same Pinchas. And what kind of Aveda the Messias Nefesh that he had? It's the kind of Messias Nefesh that his act, the thing that he did in order to put an end to what was going on there was the type of behavior which if he asked thereof, the answer is he would be told not to be told to do that that would not be in the instruction for him to do, to go and kill them but he went to Messias Nefesh and did something that a Rav would not tell him to do and even though the Torah says that if he asked a Shaila he would be, not be told to do that he didn't. He wasn't swayed. He did it anyway because that was what was required. Meaning to say that his mysterious nefesh transcended not only what makes sense in the in this uh, natural, in the physical, in the material to the nefesh it even transcended what makes sense in the spiritual, in Kedusha. Because you asked the Rav, he wouldn't tell you to do that. In other words, Tambadas of Kedusha would also not dictate this behavior. But Messiris Nefesh did dictate that behavior to kill Zimri. As we mentioned before, as we said before, that it's only through Bittl that comes from beyond the rational afil of Kedusha, even the rationale of Kedusha, it's only through that approach that one can ascertain that he will not 
see the difference between the natural and the godliness. In other words, that even the natural will have God, he will see godliness even in the natural. It's only through Lamaila Metamadas, even Tamadas of Kedusha. Even though the Torah says that there has to be a natural channel, but he doesn't see the difference between the natural and the godly, because to him the natural is godly, and therefore it's only the only way to reach that is through the kind of serious nefesh of Pinchas, and that's the connection between the beginning of the Torah and the story that happened with Pinchas. And this also brings out the connection between this idea and going into Yisrael. Because it was very close to when the Yidin were going into Yisrael that all this whole story happened. So what's the connection between the story and going into Yisrael? In Midbar is given the man. When the Yidin lived in the Midbar, they had man which was a miraculous thing on Hogan Nisis. In, when you're eating man, there's no chance of anybody thinking that what you're going to do is going to have some sort of an effect and an influence on how much man should come. It was obvious that there is not going to be any importance to what you do. Commission as the Pasik spells it out. And the one that that collected more did not have more, and the one that collected less did not have less. When the man is given nor them tog, and the man was only only gave you enough for that day. When you had to have complete trust in Hashem, that tomorrow he will provide again. Imagine anybody today living in a way that there's nothing in the bank. Tomorrow I have to find more money to eat. The next day again. So that's the way they lived with the man. That every day Hashem gave them what they needed for that day. Nothing more, nothing less. And the next day it started again. That, that teaches you and then you know without question that you have to put your full faith in Hashem. And that there's nothing natural that you can accomplish. There's nothing that you could do to influence the flow of man. That's how they lived in the Midbar. But when they go to Yisrael, when it began, that they have, they're coming to a, a settled land, and they have to conduct themselves according to the rules of the land, and the way, and you have to do what needs to be done. So first, Hashem, before you can step in foot in Eretz Yisrael, you have to first learn the lesson that you shouldn't get involved in the physical, because now you're coming into contact with putting some importance on nature. So we have to learn that we shouldn't get too deeply engrossed in the nature. We have to see it for what it is. We don't want to get to Baal Even though it's now starting a natural life, not the miraculous life of the desert. We still have to know that we don't put our faith in man, which means we don't put our faith in the natural process. We have to know that the natural process is not a, its own independent thing. Even then we have to have the same trust in Hashem, that He will provide and that it comes only from Him. This is given a midbar, no different than it was in the midbar. 
and the let's detect from Zman HaGolos and this is also the lesson to us and now in the final days of Golos as we get ready to go into Yisrael together with Mashiach even though we're still in the darkness in the double darkness of the time of Golos to the contrary it's not that the Gaula has begun in any way to the contrary, we're in a double darkness. And as we see it literally, that we're in a double darkness. From Dezvegn still, since everything that will happen in the time of Mashiach is all dependent on how we behave during the time of Golos, and it's a result of what we do now, which will lead to what will happen in the time of Golos. Especially in our generation, when we're making the final preparations for the Gula through Mashiach, as Mashiach is standing just behind the wall, and even more than that, that the walls of Golas, Bren and Shein, are already on fire, engulfed in flames, they're about to collapse. So we're right before the time of Geula. We have to have at least somewhat of that kind of Avedah that we have put no faith in man at all. And that has to penetrate into the Avedah of each and every one of us. That the natural process shouldn't be important to us. And that our faith has to be, our trust should be placed only in Hashem. Through this, everyone is redeemed, gets personal redemption from all those things which are in, uh, confusing and, and, and worrisome and the things that interfere with our, with, with our lives. Because when you understand that you're doing the natural things that need to be done is only because this is what Hashem wants us to do. Is menish tarred in them so we don't become preoccupied with it. And it doesn't interfere with the rest of our lives. The only reason I do it is because this is what Hashem wants us to do, so I do it. But it, I don't have to worry about how the blessing is going to come. That's up to the Ebishar. I just do what Hashem told me to do. How he's going to send the flow of Parnassah, that's not my worry. And this personal redemption that we gain through this recognition, that everybody can reach through this recognition, is this is also the preparation and the way that we can bring around about the general Geula, the world's Geula. through Mashiach biz until we can reach the day which is completely Shabbos, free of any worry, it's complete rest, for life, for life eternally.